0: us with one more selection, after which I'll come up and teach the word of God. to show up today. Amen. (laughs) We are grateful. That's what heaven is going to look like. All good singing with the angels. Please stand with me as we read the word of God. Turn to the book of Revelation chapter 3 verse number 7. Thanks to all of you on the program. It's been a beautiful day. It's a blessing to see God's people serving the Lord. The book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse number 7. The Bible says, And to the angels of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that had the key of David, he that opened it, and no man can shut it down. And he shut down, and no man can open. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for the word of God. Holy Spirit, help your servant to proclaim it. Bless your people who are gathered here today. Let something be said or done to increase our faith in the Lord. Now, I step back that you may step up. This is your church. These are your people. Have your way in this house. We'll be careful to give you all the glory. All the honor. And all the praise. In Jesus' name. And the church say, You may be seated. I want to talk with you for a few minutes on the subject titled, An Open Letter to the Church. An Open Letter to the Church. On this occasion of our church anniversary, we want to read to you a letter from the Lord Jesus Christ to his church. Ladies and gentlemen, we thank God for 99 years of our existence. Amen. It's all right to clap. God has been good to this church. But thank God that Jesus said, upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So the owner of the church, the founder of the church, is Jesus Christ. So in this passage, we see Jesus writing a letter to his church. Specifically in the book of Revelation, he wrote a letter to seven churches in Asia Minor. The one I just read to you is the letter he wrote to the church in Philadelphia. Why did I pick Philadelphia? Because of all those seven churches, Philadelphia is the only church that Jesus did not condemn. Every other church is He said, I know your work, and this is what I have against you. I believe with all my heart that God is pleased with this church. This church called Zion Hill, God is pleased with you. People have been serving God in various forms in this house for 99 years. So I want to call your attention to the letter that Jesus is writing to you as a church. It's important when somebody writes you a letter, you need to read them. Before I go into the details of the letter, please understand what is a church. We use the term all the time, but what does it mean to be a church permit me to mention to you i hope you're not disappointed when i tell you that when the church was first formed in the new testament there was no such thing as a church there was no vocabulary to describe a church so the people who founded the church they had to borrow from the world language to describe this thing that's just been formed. And they're the ones that call it church. But you'll be surprised the term church is really a political gathering. And all you're getting get understanding. In Greek, the word church means ecclesia. And what does that mean? Ekklesia is from two words. Ek klesia. Ek simply means out in English. Klesia means called. So the word ecclesia, the word church means people who are called out. Ladies and gentlemen, the first time that word was used to describe the church was in the city of Athens. In that city, when they talk about church, they're talking about about 6,000 people. These 6,000 people are elected just like we have politicians today. And when they're elected, then during the year, they will be called out. And then when they gather and they're seated after they've been summoned, after they've been called, then they have to listen to Akero. Akeru is someone who stands stand before these 6,000 elected people and tell them the facts of what's going on and give them information. And share with them principles. Then once the Carol have done his job, then the Ecclesiastes, 6,000 of them, they will vote. And what are they voting about? They are voting about what should govern their city, their community. And whatever they decide, rules. So they were the ruling voice of their days. They decide what should be prohibited in that community. They decide what should be allowed in that community. In other words, the word ecclesias are a powerful group, powerful politically. They decide what is right, what is wrong in that community. It means the church today is not supposed to be a wimp. The reason why the church is powerless, they don't know who they are. Ladies and gentlemen, the church is not just a social gathering. It's not a place where you just gather to feel good. That was not what was intended. We are called out. We are chosen by God, elected by God. You didn't join this church by your choice. God called you here. You are elected. You are selected to be here. And we have a carol. We call that person a preacher. And every week, the carols stand before you and give you facts and give you information and give you knowledge. Ladies and gentlemen, the church is meant to be spiritually powerful. In every community you find a church, they're not supposed to be lukewarm. You can see the difference between the church back then and the church right now. When the church was formed, when they speak, the whole community must adjust to them. But now, you see what's going on. And that is why it's important to know who you are in Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, the church back then had the ability to decide right and wrong. They had the ability to decide what should be allowed and what should not be allowed. Notice how Jesus introduced himself in the letter he wrote. Number one, he said, I am he that was. I am he. That is, I am he that is to come. That's a whole sermon by himself. He goes further in Revelation chapter 3, verse 7. He said, I am he that is holy. He said, I'm writing you. You need to know where this letter is coming from. I am he that is true. Then it says something else. It said, I am he that has the key of David. If the church ever know who they are, if this church ever know who you are, miracles, signs and wonders will fill this house every time we are gathered. Ladies and gentlemen, what does he mean when he said "I got the keys? Ladies and gentlemen, you need to know, and I'm sure you are familiar with these keys are meant to open or to lock something. Am I right about it? So whosoever has the key have access. Whosoever have the keys has power. Whosoever have the keys have authority. Am I right about it? (laughs) Reference to keys are many in the word of God. I took the time to do my homework. In Matthew 16, verse 19, Jesus said, I have the key to the kingdom. In Luke chapter 11, again, verse 5-2, he said, I have the key of knowledge. Then in Revelation chapter 1, verse 18, Jesus said, I have the key of hell and death. Then in Revelation chapter 3, verse 7, He said, I have the key of David. So he's been telling us all the time who he is. In Revelation chapter 9 verse 1, he said, I have the key to the bottomless pit. In Revelation chapter 20 verse number 1, he said, I have the keys to the abyss. A-B-Y-W-A-S. What is the message from Jesus? He said, before you read this letter, you need to know who I am. He said, all the keys, I have it. I can stop them and preach all day because if you want to open anything, you've got to have the keys. The one who has the key determines determine who gets access. Who comes in, who goes out. It is very, very important that you know who Jesus is. In Isaiah chapter 22, verse 22, it's easy to remember that, 22, 22. Jesus said, this key of the house of David I would lay it upon him. Talking about Jesus. The prophet was talking concerning Jesus. Notice the key that we're talking about of David. David was a king. So we're talking about the key to the treasure of the king. And ladies and gentlemen... If you want to go from where you are right now to a place of treasure, you got to know Jesus. You'll be amazed how many people are part of the church, but they don't know Jesus. Having your name on the roll is not enough. You got to know the person who has the key. We call that person the key man. All those scriptures I'm sharing with you shows one thing clearly, that Jesus Christ is the key man. I remember when I first came to this church, the key man for this church was Deacon Howard. Many of you didn't get a chance to know him. But he goes around with a bunch of keys. And whenever I want to enter any room, I don't have the keys. I, I, I can't stand too many keys. They'll be making noise around you. So I will call Deacon Howard. Open this door for me. Open that door for me. I need to get to that room. And he will open it. What I'm reading to you for your life's sake, the key man for your soul is Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to succeed in this life, Christianity is not just about you being saved and going to heaven. Christianity also include having a relationship with the person who owes the key. You need to know Jesus Christ for your own sake. It's not enough to say, my mama is praying for me. It's not enough for you to say, my pastor is praying for me. It's not enough to say, I'm a member of the church. You have to know who? The key man. So, if you want to move into your own future, the access to your future, you got to know the key person. If you want your dream to come to pass, guess who you need in your life? The one with the key. It's not your pastor. I'm sorry to say no, not to put myself down or any pastor. It's not your denomination. It's not the name of your church. You need to know the Lord of the church. Are you still here? He is the only one with the key. And notice what he said. Not only did he have the keys. He said, if I open a door. And no man can close it. You miss a good place to shout. The reason why I tell you all the time, you don't have to kiss up to nobody. You don't have to join any clique. If God opened a door for you, no devil in hell can close it. Say amen to that. But you also need to know If God closed the door, you or no man, no woman can open the door that God has closed. By the way, there's a lesson there. Many churches will tell you how God can open doors. But the truth be told, you need to know sometimes God will close the door. Why would a good God close the door? Because he knows, that's right, pastor, he knows there are some things you don't need in your life. Are you all see here, if you're going to be sincere as we celebrate our anniversary, our church anniversary, think of where you will be But for God, who closed some doors in your life? Sometimes I just want to shout. Some of you, you are dating somebody. And in your mind, that's the man I'm going to marry. Or that's the woman. Ride or die. But God closed the door. Now you can look back and say, thank God that you closed that door. I know some of you can't shout right now, but on your way home, just take some time and say, Lord, I thank you that you closed that door. Ladies and gentlemen, think of some jobs. You just know, you're knowing, this is the job for me. But the Lord God closed the door. You know what I've learned, ladies and gentlemen? Whenever God closes a door, it means he has something better. Oh, somebody ought to thank God right now. Say, Lord, I thank you that you closed the door. I never will forget I ran for office years ago, and in order to do that, I have to uh, quickly step out of my government job. And I build a reputation in the community as an expert in my field. I will go to court, even judges listen to what I have to say, because that's all I do. So when I when I, when I resigned from it, in fact, it was Miss Mary Kofi. You can talk to her. I gave her the assignment to do. it Within 24 hours, I left the job and retired. So after the election is over, I want my job back. It's <laughs> a true story. I want my job back. I am known for it. I'm respected in the parish. I mean, judges, lawyers, they know if you want to know anything about mental health law, you better talk to Joshua Dara. But guess what? God closed that door. I got to be honest with you. I'm glad I can testify now. I was so hurt. Tell the truth, sir. I cried over it but now I look back and say Lord I thank you that you close that door you know what I'm trying to tell you please don't get mad at God when he close some doors in your life there are some people in your life right now I'll be honest with you they don't need to be there And every now and then, God will step in and shut that door. Ladies and gentlemen, the problem with some of us is that when God closes the door, we keep pulling on the door. Every time you keep pulling on a door that God is trying to close, you bring trouble. Into your own life. If God closed the door. Leave it alone. I don't care if it's a job. If it's a relationship. I don't care if it's a business. When God closed the door. Jesus said I'm writing. I am he. Who has the key. And when I close the door. Nobody. can open it. Somebody here can testify. I would have left that door closed if I know what I know now. So stop pulling on a door that Jesus is trying to close. Amen. Amen. You know, something else I've learned in my few years of living, I discovered. Until you run into a closed door you will never appreciate an open door. Are you listening to me? So when God say I'm the one with the key, when I open a door, that door will stay open. And when I close one, and no man can open. You ought to thank God that you serve a God who sometimes will close the door. Ladies and gentlemen, there's something about a closed door that will make you be grateful when God opens another door for you. Sometimes he will will allow sickness. And then when it comes and heals your body, then you know for sure He is Jehovah Jara. You know for sure he is Jehovah Rapha. You know for sure he is Jehovah Shalom. He is peace in the midst of a storm. So you thought you were sick. But God will turn around what the devil meant for evil. So some closed door makes you to appreciate God more. When he opened the door for you, I'll tell you if you've ever been sick and the Lord healed your body, then you know what I'm talking about. Do I have a witness in the house? If you ever run out of money and no clue how you're going to make it through the month, the bill collector is coming. You can't even answer your own phone. But when God make a way, then you know for sure that he's Jehovah Jireh, our God who provides. I remember coming to America, true story, and I was living in a village, you know. You all know my story. And where I'm going to catch the aeroplane is three hours from my village. And so we drove for three hours to get to the airport. But we ran into go slow in the big city called Lagos. You've been there. And bless God, I missed the aeroplane. Because I was late to the airport. Then I'm told that the door, because I was crying, I was begging them, please let me. I've dreamed about going to America for years. I thought my chance is over. And they said there's only one problem. The aeroplane's door has been closed. And I thought that was the end. But look at God. When God closed one door, if you don't get anything from this message, knowing you're knowing, these two shall pass. God will open another door. I don't know who I'm talking to. But I'm sharing with you from the bottom of my heart. I've watched him close many doors in my life. And I can look back to that and say, Lord, I
1: thank you
0: for closing that door. So I learned a closed door is not the end of life. Did you hear what I said? When a door is closed actually is the beginning of another opportunity in your life. So just because you're facing a closed door right now, please don't think life is over. Amen. Some closed door is a setup. I set up for your comeback. That when you come back. You'll be stronger. You'll be wiser. God is setting some of you up right now. For a better tomorrow. And you think the Lord has forgotten you. But if you would hang in there. God will open another door. I'll be honest with you. I don't say this to put the state of Louisiana down. The amount I was making, working for the state, I make more than double. So now, thank God, that door was closed because I was hanging on to the door. I want to go back. I'm used to it. I was the boss. I do my own thing. So when you see God trying to promote you, stop pulling on a closed door. Are you still here? When I was trying to come up, I had a business, you know. My business, I was selling mangoes. There's a fruit called mango in Africa. Very juicy. And I make a lot of money. I, I began as a youngster to be an entrepreneur. Right. So when the Africans are sleeping, I get up in the middle of the night. And then I will go to the bush. This mango grow in the wild, you know. Wow. It don't belong to nobody. So you go and pick it up. And then you bring it back to town. And then you sell it. That was my business. But the Lord taught me something before all the Negro people wake up. I will go to the bush and I will catch all the good mangoes. Then when I'm coming home, I see them going. For the time you have picked up all the... I'm trying to teach you how to do business. But you know one thing I learned about mangoes. In fact, I believe. To be honest with you, you know how you read in the Bible and they say that Adam and Eve eat the forbidden fruit? And some folks will tell you it's apple. I believe it's mango. (laughs) I'm just just saying. Ladies and gentlemen, mango, if it's not ripe though, is hard. If you know anything about mango. If it's not ripe, it's bitter. Are you listening to me? And if it's overripe, it's disgusting. Are you listening to me? So having the right thing at the wrong time is not a blessing for you. Maybe you believe in God for a husband. You don't want a husband. It's a good thing to have a husband. But to have a husband at the wrong time is not a blessing. It's a curse. That's why I was using my mango. I, I, I'm an expert in mango business. If you have one that is not ripe, is hard, it's bitter. You don't want that. And if you allow the mango to overripe, it won't help you. So in Christian life allow God to do for you. Allow God to open door when the time is right. You'll get a job that you don't even apply for when the time is right. You will find favor that you don't even qualify for. When the time is right. In theology, we call about chronos. God's timing is very... Many of you, you are busy looking at your circumstance, your situation, your condition, but what you need to look for is God's timing. My message for you is that when God closes doors in your life, it's either you're not ready or the blessing is not ready for you. So wait on God, trust God, learn how to wait. God's timing is the best. I have to learn that as your pastor. Many things I wanted to do. I couldn't get it done. Notice how long we've been talking about ordaining deacons. It takes years. I got frustrated. So many things was getting in the way. But if you would just hang in there. I don't know who I'm talking to right now. The Holy Spirit wants to help you. It's a present help in time of trouble. But you have to learn to wait on God's timing. So I have learned to thank God for the no's of my life. Anybody can thank God when He say yes. Did you know that? Anybody can, can shake their booty when God say yes. I always hear the choir will say when Jesus said yes, nobody can say no. They are telling the truth, but that's half truth. What do you do when God said no? And to be a real church, you have to learn. And he told you in his letter up front, I'm the one who got the key. And sometimes I open the door. And when I do, nobody can, can close it. But he also let you know sometimes he closed the door. And when he closed the door, nobody can open. Ladies and gentlemen, please note that. He said, I sat before you. Because not only did he close the door in verse number eight. He said, Because you know my words. That's Revelation chapter 3 verse 8. He's still writing his letter. He said, because you know my word. And I can say that about you as a church. You have developed a love for the word of God. And you ought to be commended for that. In fact you have come to love the world so much that some of you will go and visit other church and you come back and tell me and say, the only thing was missing, the word. The word. Once you get used to eating, sound doctrine. It's hard to go back. Once you're used, the Bible talks about when you are little, I feed you with milk. He said, but now you are grown, you are eating steak. And when you start to eat steak, it's hard to go back. So I commend you as a church for your love for the word of God. God said, because you love the word. That's Revelation chapter 3 verse 8. And he said, because you value my name. And I was going through the spirit, Zion Hill, qualified. These precious people qualified. They know God's word, they value his name. Then God said, because you have this requirement, this qualification, he said, now I said before you open door. Amen. So I thank God. For the doors that were closed. But I believe we are entering a season of open doors. If you receive that, shout Amen. I said, You are entering a season of open doors, open blessing, open favor, open miracles. Not just in the life of this church, but in your life, in the life of your family. This is not just church anniversary. This is a prophetic declaration over you and your loved ones. You are entering a door, an open door, an open season of God's favor in your life. If you receive that shout, amen. Amen. Let me say this to you. When you open a season of open door. When you you enter into a season of favor, guess what? The devil will start raising his ugly head. So I'm speaking to you now prophetically. Watch out for that. That's when you see people, here you are, you're trying to do the right thing, and foes will start criticizing you. Oh, who do you think you are? You're just a deacon. You're just an usher. It's frustrating when you're trying to do the right thing and if people speak evil. Trying to help you as a church. Because you are entering a season of favor Because you are entering a season of blessing. Blessing that some people in the community may not experience. Expect folks to start running their mouth. Expect folks to start criticizing your church. I've been caught all kinds of things. People even accuse this child of being a cult. That's what happens when God begins to bless you. All you need to know is what do I do when God opened the door and it's not a matter of when. He said because, make sure you can read Revelation chapter 3 verse 8. He said because you value my name. Because you love the world. He said, I'm opening the door. How can he say that? He got the keys. He got the keys. He can open the door for whoever he wants to and when he opened the door for your child and no man can close it. When you open, he opened doors for your family, for your children, for you on your job. Nobody can shut it down. But I want you to know the devil will try to make up stories. So I want to leave you with a word of advice. What do you do when you are walking in a season of favor? You can tell God has opened the door for you. And you're trying your best to live in the favor of God. Yeah. And then here comes suicide. The answer is found in Revelation chapter 3 verse 11. Guess what the Bible says? It said hold fast. Make sure it's in your Bible. It says, hold on to what God is doing in your life so that nobody will steal your crown. Good morning, my children. If you don't hear anything else, I have to say to you, happy church anniversary. Don't let nobody talk you out of your blessing. When you see the hand of God in your life, You can tell when you are walking a season of favor. You can tell when God has opened door in your life. And you don't have to wait for it. He just told you, I've opened door. But now he said this is what you need to do. Hold fast to what you got. Why? So that nobody will take your crown. It's challenging when you know you're trying to do right and people are lying on you. It's challenging when you try to do right and you find yourself being talked about. It's challenging when you're trying to do right and you find folks setting traps for you to fill. It gets rough sometimes. Sometimes. You feel lonely. Sometimes you get weary. If you don't believe me, talk to Shadrach Meshach and Abednego. You know what their crime was? God opened doors in their life. And then you have to be able to say, I know. Even though you are trying to take me out, I know my God is able. And then kick your 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 automobile to another gate. Say, not only do I know my God is able. Yes, yes he will. Yes, yes he will. Yes. You can tell when you open the door. Walk in it. Yes. Don't back off. Don't back down. Walk in your open door. And then go another step further and say, even if you don't help me. I still would not bow. Wait on God. Amen. Trust Him. Be of good courage. He worked out for shadow Meshach, and bad Negro. Am I right about it? Because when the fire get burning, trying to kill all those Hebrew children, Jesus came into the fire. And I believe with all my heart that it don't matter what tribe the devil set for you as a church, we shall overcome. Are you listening to me? All you need to do is do what you what brought you here till this day. Love the word of God. Delight yourself in what God says. He said, it will prosper you. He said, this book of the Lord, don't let it depart from your mouth. Meditate upon it day and night. Be careful to do what he it says. He said, then, not before then, then you shall make your way prosper and you will find good success. I believe, I learned this from King James Smith. I would talk to him and he would say to me, the best is yet to come. If you really want to know the essence of what I'm telling you today, that's it in a nutshell. God is about to do some things in this church that will blow the mind of people in this community. Did you hear what I just said? God is fixing to open doors that churches are not used to. That people in the community are not used to. But if it's your season of favor, don't be intimidated by the critics of this world. Walk in your favor. Walk in your open door. And while things are getting a little rough, Jesus said in his letter, Hold on. Hold fast your profession of faith. Hebrews chapter ten verse twenty three says, "If you will hold fast to what you believe, God is faithful. Everything He promised, He will bring it to pass. Eyes have not seen it, ears have not heard it. It's not even conceived in the hearts of men." What God has in store for you. And if God be for you. I raise my case. Everybody stand to your feet. I'm going to ask one of our deacons. And one of our deaconesses to come back. Come here and pray for us. As a church. Jesus said it. I believe it. It is our season to be blessed. Don't back down. They will say, Look at how they sing. Don't worry about it. Oh, look at what he's wearing. Don't worry about it. If you're not doing anything good, nobody will talk about you. When you're walking your season of favor, Then all of a sudden, they'll talk about your tattoo. They'll talk about your wigs. They'll talk about your dress. Oh, that ain't right. Not in the church. But you have to learn. What do you have to do? Hold fast. Where's our deacon and deaconess? Come forward.
1: Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. What a mighty God we serve. Look where God has brought us from. 99 years is a long time and we're still standing. We can't do nothing but say, thank you, God. Thank you, Heavenly Father. And Lord, we Pastor just said, the best is yet to come. All we have to do is continue to hold on him, hold on to his unchanging hand. He will lead, he will guide, and he will direct. And God, we thank you. And Heavenly Father, we thank you for this weekend of celebration. History making has happened this weekend, and we thank you for doing it. And Heavenly Father, as we come right now in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you, Father, to let your blessing just shower down on each one of us in the name of Jesus. Father, we know that if there is a need that you are right there, you will fulfill. Fulfill all our needs according to your riches and glory. And, Lord, we say thank you. And, Lord, we just say thank you to each one that came out to celebrate this weekend. All of the leaders that helped us with this celebration. God, we thank you. And, Father, we pray special anointing, blessing, not just up on Zion Hill, Father, but all the churches that the doors stand open in your name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we give you thanks. Praise the Lord, amen.
2: Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory. Glory to your name, Lord. Glory to your name, Lord. For we realize without you, we can do nothing, Lord. For ninety-nine years, Lord, it's because you had your hands encamped all around us. You had us in hedge, Lord. That doors that were closed, Lord, you were opening. <clears throat> and we thank you, Lord. Oh, Jesus! Songwriter said, "I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold, no fame or fortune, riches untold. I'd rather." have Jesus than silver and gold. Hallelujah, Jesus. And we know he'll make a way out of no way. He'll turn all our midnights into days. Lord, we thank you for 99 years. When midnight came, Lord, you brightened up some things in our lives, Lord. When darkness tried to come in, Lord, you would light it up, Father. We know that it's all because of you, Lord. We can take no credit, but we give you all the glory today, Lord. Father, there may be one this morning, Lord, that don't know how to get to the keys. Don't have you right now, Lord we pray right now lord that you would touch that heart right now turn them around lord right now in the name of jesus for we know that if you come into our lives all things are possible 99 more years i heard the ministers this morning said he gonna come back for the but we're gonna claim that it's gonna continue on forever long as you live. Lord, we thank you right now. We thank you for the man of God. We thank you for all our new deacons, Lord. We thank you for our new deaconess, Lord. And we thank you for the future deacons and deaconess, Lord. They're out there in the congregation right now, Lord, waiting on that call. Answer Answer that call, Lord. We thank you right now. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that no weapon formed against this ministry shall prosper Every tongue that rise up against us, we're going to condemn it right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you that we have the power right now because you give us that power through the Holy Spirit. Right now, we're standing on your promises right now, Lord, and we just bless your name right now. And Father, we pray right now as we bend and dig, Lord, that we'll never leave your presence. We'll be forever in your care, Lord. And, Father, we thank you that as we travel out of this place, Lord, and go into our various homes, that your angels of mercy be encamped around us, keep us from all hurt, harm, and danger. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Father, right now, if you have a desire. to accept the Lord Jesus Christ, to accept that call of God right now. The pastor and his lovely wife will be down front and you can come and give them your right hand and they will be glad to accept you into this household that's been around for 99 years and we can't do nothing but give God the praise and glory right now. We thank you for being present today, Lord, and we thank you that as you leave, you'll be in his care. In Jesus' name, amen. You dismissed.